0: Hello and welcome to the Wizard's Guide to Peak Performance. I'm your host, Dr. Brian Panko, and throughout this podcast, I, along with my guests, will be giving you hints and habits that can help you achieve your highest performance in life, in sport, and in business. All right, today I am here with Fareed Yagini, Chairman of Camp Aftermath. And Fareed has served 10 years in the, uh, the Canadian military, has gone on two deployments, to Afghanistan and has worked alongside some of the top performing uh, Tier 1 Special Forces operators in the world. Freed since has retired from the military and moved into civilian role with the government and then uh, opened the uh, started the Camp Aftermath Foundation, which is in support of veterans and first responders with PTSD from their service. And Fareed is probably the, one of the smartest people I know in terms of the self-optimization Whoa. world Whoa. at this point. Right, right. And I wanted to bring him on to talk about some <laughs> of, uh, of his habits and routines that he's really learned and worked on in terms of his own self-optimization to share it with you. So welcome, Fareed. Thank you for having me. Uh, kind words, kind words from a rock star himself. So uh, yeah, glad to be here and uh, let's have this so I was honestly really excited to get you on and you were one of the first people I thought of because I don't know anybody who has taken uh, learning about self-optimization and then applying self-optimization quite as seriously as you have. Yeah. And then at the same time, I feel like with everything that you try and put yourself through day-to-day, you need it more than anybody else I know at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's kind of having that um, scientist mentality towards it and uh, i think uh, i mean the military had a lot uh, to do with it uh you know very influential i I joined at a a young age so kind of pushing you you know how long can you go without sleep and and food and and, and stuff like that and you know you've gone through some of those uh, trainings as well uh so you kind of don't know your limit until you push there so um yeah i kind of got into the world just because for my own uh, well-being after i transitioned uh, out of the military um, kind of had this, uh, sense of, you know, like, what am I supposed to be doing now? Uh, type thing, lost and lack of purpose, really a lack of purpose, which I didn't know uh, was a lack of purpose. You just, you know, there's something wrong, but you don't know what it is. And that is like the worst feeling. So then after I, uh, kind of started looking into it, um, with the help of, uh, you know, the, you know, the mental health experts and all this other stuff, you know, you kind of got, uh, you try this and try this and try this and you try different things and you're like, ah, oh, this is crap. This is crap. But wait, wait a minute. This is good. And then it's kind of a rabbit hole. Uh, just, you know, everything from cold shower to doing shots of apple cider vinegar, like, you know, and it's not all good. My body does not react <laughs> oh, yeah. well to all of them, right? Like, I, so that's the one thing you have to be okay with. Um, like, I, I really cut out meat for a while. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do completely zero meat, you know? And I was, I felt like, you know, not that good, right? <laughs> yep. and, uh, and so I found the happy medium and and it's just that quest right and then and then also obviously who you surround yourself with um, being with you coming on road road on one with us with all the guys just learning new things you know like even that stretch move you do when you go be sitting between the toes right <laughs> yeah. I've been doing that ever since uh, oh, that's so awesome. it's kind of like going to the gym right uh, everyone's like oh how'd you make that gym routine and it's like well you watch other people and some guys doing something and you know as long as it's safe you tried, you're like, wow, that was cool.
0: And then you incorporated it into your <clears throat> kind of system. Okay, so, and then how did you start? Because you went from sort of lacking purpose in the military and trying to find that. What was, I guess, that turning point or that first thing that clicked in that you wanted to try that then started you off on the rest of that rabbit hole?
1: Um, I guess how it all began was when I left the military and I had, I, I kind of, when I was in my in the military, I became part of this, you know, unofficial study. Uh, a couple, a lot of my friends from um, the unit I was supporting, uh, you know, were su- suffering from various mental anguish. You know, PTSD is the hot word, I guess. Uh, and um, so I became part of the study of like, why are you? You know, you, s- you seem to be half decent, right? Yeah. So at first, you know, you would lie about stuff like this because you don't want to bag red. <laughs> you want to, you know, deploy again. But this had, you know, they made this about my friends. They're like, we want to, you know, find out what's up. These were the early days, right? So this mm-hmm. was like 2007 uh, type stuff. Uh, and um, <coughs> excuse me. And then so. Uh, basically, you know, like they asked like, what do you do? What is it? And stuff like that. And, um, so with me in, in these studies, what they did was they made you look inwards. Like, you know what I mean? And, uh, when there's a group of shrinks asking these type of questions whereas before you would not ask these questions, no one of your friends would ask you that at like at the age of like 25, you know? (laughs) So it's like these, they asked, they really asked me to look within, right? And then you're like, oh crap. Like, that's why I like deploying, you know, cause that gave me that platform to, to give, right? And yeah. so it really, um, I started asking questions after. And uh, those questions led to books and to different peoples who then led to other books and other people. So every book I read says, you know, like cites a book, where I'm like, oh, cool. And then every person I meet, like you, is like, actually, I this is my morning routine, right? And then I try that. So I mean, you obviously got to make sure it's safe, but I think that's well. That was really the turning point. Was rock bottom.
0: Uh, okay. Right. So uh, that when you have to look inwards. And so, because I'm sure somebody listening to this might try it for the first time. When you were 25 you were in the military and you were first asked to sort of look within yourself how did that feel trying to do that for the first time weird right
1: like um i mean i live in the shacks i owned like you know a futon from Kenex, right and really? i i would sign waivers and i would try to deploy as much as possible right <laughs> never knowing why right i just loved it i loved going there i loved the unit i was supporting you know what i mean uh, these guys are really cool they made me you know it was kind of they were the most elite soldiers out there so it felt good being around them being able to support you know this mission not that there's anything wrong with conventional but you know there's just as a as, as a younger guy you just see a bunch of these like hulks walking around with beards and you're <laughs> like oh man you know what i mean so uh, it felt it gave that sense of purpose you made, you felt like you were making a difference and uh you know like there's a whole other side story but they but they really made me like push you to the edge and see and what you know the beauty of humanity and also the ugliness of it right and uh so when people start asking these questions, you're like, Hey man, like everything's good. Like, you know what I mean? Stop making me go there, right? Like and then um some of it was ugly, but someone was like, Oh cool, like that's why. You know what I mean? I didn't know why I loved to deploy. I thought it was, you know, to serve my to serve my country and, and, and you know, like to give back and then which is like, you know, the generic kind of answer, but then looking in asking the questions that they did in different ways it's like oh shit like you know i like to deploy because it gave me the platform to help other people you know what i mean yeah. without that platform being the military and of course deploying being the kind of the the icing on the cake where i got to look in the eyes of people and say like man like you know like i did this thing you know what i mean and sometimes most times the most meaningful ones in my opinion in my experience are always been the ones with no violence you know what I mean? Those innocent things like a girl's school that you kind of got to go by and you just dropped off some supplies. You know what I mean? The look in their faces. The, those things like how else
0: would I get a, that opportunity? Of course. Yeah. And so from you saying that, it sounds like transitioning into Camp Aftermath yeah. would have been, as much as it was work to get off the ground, a very natural progression for you yeah because no, no, it was not. it was very unnatural. Was I was scared it? shitless, okay. yeah like uh it took
1: like i'd say from the from the from the being the most lost i was like it took probably like two years. um I had the idea because I wanted to recreate the 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 experiences I got um of looking into someone's eyes and making a meaningful change in there, you know what I mean, like really like seeing it you can you know it's a beautiful thing to do charitable things you donate some money to africa or some natural disaster that's a kind thing and people should do that of course but it's the it's when you get to actually like look in the eyes of someone right and we got that experience in costa rica when we went on road one right we worked with the local people to build a home for somebody the people that were going to live in it were there yep. you know what i mean so of course like anything I'm, I'm sure including you when you started your business in this podcast you self-doubt right someone's doing it better who the hell am I you know what I mean and uh, I was just blessed to have um, uh, friends and um, and people who supported me and said man like you know you should really try this right no one's really doing it exactly this way so it's really I owe it all to them uh, because myself no it wasn't very natural and um, it it, it was
0: it was frightening as all hell you know what I mean absolutely yeah well and I think it's a great point about Trying to surround yourself with the right people because I really think there is something to the old adage of "you are the people you spend the most time around, the five people you spend the most time around, whatever that is." Yeah, and uh, I myself have found that the more I hang around the right type of people, the more excited about my life and doing things I need to do I get. For sure, you feed off, right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, but talking about that, and uh, because I was there, I got to see a lot of the things that happened with Camp Aftermath, but for you, how did it feel watching those participants we brought down, how did it feel watching them look people in the eye, the grandmother whose home we built in the eye, and what changes did you see? Like, did you see the same changes you saw in yourself? I mean, seeing them uh,
1: was inspiring to me, um, you know what I mean? Like the way <laughs> the way they worked, you know what I mean? Like these guys are trying to take siestas. And these guys are working, you know, <laughs> you saw there was no skin on the bottom of their hands with shovels. But I, I mean, yeah, like, um, to say you look in the eyes of someone, you know, some connected with the children, some connected with like, you know, the medical people that were there, we have first responders who connected with the police force there. Um, just the opportunity to look someone in the eye and be like, I did this thing. And there was no motivated motivation, like other than just sincerely being nice. You know what I mean? There was not for oil. There's no political reasons. You know what I mean? There didn't need to be any violence, right? Yeah. And um, I, I think, I think it was the same. I think it was better than what I got while I'm deployed because, you know, as, as you heard them them say, I got to come into a country, I got to do something, and I got to leave better, right? And in the military, you can't always say that, and as a first responder, you can't always say that, right? Going whether it's a police yeah. going to a domestic dispute call. You know what I mean? Or in the military, you know, you deployed to Afghanistan, you come back, and you're like, yeah, they're a lot better right now than since when Canada deployed there. Like, that's you know, various opinions, but so this is a rare opportunity for them to make an actual difference and get to leave it in a better state. You know what I mean?
0: Well, and I think that was a very profound moment of uh, talking about purpose. Uh, That idea, especially for a lot of guys who've been in the military, and and people in civilian life might not connect with it as much, but. Um, yeah, the idea that you can go and do something and have a positive impact without having a negative impact to cause that positive impact, yeah, yeah. Um, was, and being more from that civilian background, that was never something that occurred to me, yeah. that you could have purpose but feel almost connected to destruction in your purpose in the way where you almost have to in the military or in some of those first responder roles. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of the job, right? Like the,
1: you don't deploy to the, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, to a peaceful country, No, exactly. right? So there has to be this idea of there has to be something horrifically wrong so I can have purpose. Right. And then that's attached to a uniform or an occupation. Right. Um, so that's where the kind of the identity thing gets, there's, there's crossover now, like you are a son you know what I mean you're a boyfriend you are a brother um, and you're a chiropractor you know that's your occupation that's how yeah. you you know you told you said and you know that's my hands this is how I give right um, whereas like in, in my opinion and, and dr. Whalen, you know who's our mental health expert uh, on site is like the crossover happens that is when you believe that you're not you anymore you're just a soldier Do you know what I mean yeah. you are your rank you are your medals you know what i mean and there's this like kind of thing and and then when that gets taken away from you uh for because of mental or physical or because you just simply have to retire well then see that's destructive because now you don't have that platform anymore and you forget that you can be good without the uniform without the missions without the operations you can do the big brother program you don't have the you can do go to coaster you can give you can do uh, tons of things but it's it's so easy to be the hero when there's something wrong, though, right? Like, for me to be significant in your life, I would have to get to know you. I would have to get to know what you like, what you don't. Do you know what I mean? What do you need in your life? That's a lot of work, right? Whereas in a war zone, there's just someone who needs to be trying to kill you, and I kill them first, and I'm instantly a hero. Zero work. Just add water, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> And it's like i'm kind of you know obviously i'm dumbing it down but it's it's easier to get that 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 purpose that's that that adrenaline of like yes i did something right and um but unfortunately that comes at a cost right because a lot of this stuff is unnatural it's not you know it's not natural for to see the kind of destructive and and, and behaviors and the death and the carnage that comes along with going to a war zone type thing right and that's the struggle it's never the actual thing you saw for most cases it's who were you before that happened, right? And Dr. Willen talks that about, about that a lot, right? Because everyone thinks it's that one thing. But it's like, who were you before this incident? Who were you before Afghanistan or the military? And in getting into those, as you witnessed in our group, like, you, know, there's that, you kind of start to see the root versus just dealing with the symptoms uh, type thing.
0: Yeah, that, that, was, that was huge for me in our group, whereas I saw that happening there were a lot of really profound moments in that group and uh yeah it was uh shocking to me how sort of disconnected from a purpose if you will some of the guys had become and some of the habits that had come along with being disconnected and uh and that was another thing that we really worked with with camp aftermath was not just connecting with a purpose as much as that was really important but also trying to develop positive daily habits and routines that um again could kind of connect you with yourself a little more and not just with that sole purpose once more so
1: so like the the volunteerism was it's aimed more at kind of getting you out of isolation and getting you connected again with people so if you're working you know for the food bank you're going to be hanging around a bunch of people who are working at the food bank and you're going to connect with them you're on the same mission right so a lot of guys and girls will go into isolation which you know There's a bunch of science that's true that we're biologically made to be connected to other people. uh, You know what I mean? So uh, that doesn't help when you go into isolation. So this is almost like an excuse of coming out, you know, and going to the food bank or the Big Brother program or whatever. Right. And even us going and building a home together, you're on the same journey. You're here to give. Right. So that connects you. So that's kind of you start asking questions right about yourself, right? So maybe it's volunteerism or maybe meet someone that they're into art and then you do art. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, and so that's the, but the positive, the positive habits kind was actually more looking from your realm is the physical stuff, right? Because you know, you get a lot of lot of guys, you know, I spoke to before they come on whatever or not and it's like, okay, man, my morning routine is like, I wake up late, suck back a lot of sugar and antidepressant pills, you know what I mean? And I eat a bunch of sugar and then uh, I feel like crap. Yeah, you know, my PTSD. I'm like, man, you know, Tony Robbins took that cocktail. He'd be depressed, right? <laughs> like, that's that, that, that's kind of physical, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so, you know, so let's try some new things, right? And of course, we don't try to give people like a list of these. You do these things, you're happy. You know, you wake up early. You know, we took cold showers. We did yoga. We did meditation, right? And But like, you don't have to do all those things. Just pick one. Just be the scientist do a couple right so some of the guys say man like the stretching thing really loosens me up in the morning others found the apple cider vinegar it eases the stomach you know because from the side effects of the pharmaceuticals it eats away at their stomachs so this kind of helps you know what i mean and you know all the benefits of that um so the positive habitat is just more self-optimization it has nothing to do with like any joe blow could benefit from waking up early and stretching
0: oh absolutely like it has
1: nothing to do with your ptsd right so and that's that's the whole thing. And Dr. Wynn talks about this. It's about getting away from that specialness.
0: That, yep.
1: like, that this trauma or this thing is just to you in the military or in the police force or in the firefighter. Like, this is. Everyone's got their shit. You know what I mean? And uh, you can deal with it, in, you know, the same way as a civilian can, right? That went through the same kind of different kinds of trauma, right? Of course, the occupation or whatever is different. But, like, at the end of the day, we're all the same. They're. As just as special, and have the similar kind of problems as we do, right? So that was really cool to bring the physical and kind of the spiritual part like, you know uh, together, uh, and that's what the positive habits are. So doing them over and over and over uh, to become basically they don't think about it. So you don't wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I gotta take a cold shower. Like you know what I mean? You do yeah. that enough, and it just happens. It's like your coffee in the morning, right? You just absolutely. Do it. Um, so that's why we did it every single morning to get that kind of across
0: well and it was really interesting i found when we were there one thing and uh, you had pointed it out towards the end was every mi- or every day we'd done another minute or two of a, uh, a silent meditation a transcendental type meditation yes. and the first couple days people struggled with it and it was short it was maybe five minutes i think the first day yes. and it, it was interesting watching people struggle with that and then by the time we got to Costa Rica day three or day four, um, it was getting a little easier. People sort of settled into it. The change in location kind of yeah. shifted people back a little bit. But, yeah. but it was getting longer and longer. And by the end, we were doing, I think, a 20-minute 20, 20 yeah. meditation. And by the end of that 20-minute meditation, instead of having rolled and stirred and, and kind of done 10 different things and got up for a pee, the guys were almost ready to do more.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's you know, and that comes from the, the the training, right? So, kind of training them that their mind actually wants to be silent, from time to time, from time to time, time, time. right? Um, so, uh, just getting them, uh, get, and it was the same way. Like, so I went through the training myself. So, and it was just like you're sitting in your seat, like, because you're not, we're not used to silence, especially in the society in the Western world, like, like that was awkward, right? <laughs> right? Like, but like in the Eastern cultures, I guess like you know, silence is actually a good thing, and you know, means you're being thoughtful and yada yada. So. In transcendental meditation, we, we we can't just go full blown, cross your legs, you know, um, and start levitating, right? So a little bit of foreplay is required.
0: I will be levitating, but yeah, 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 yeah. I've
1: been doing it all the time. But uh, so it's it's kind of easing into it, and and if you notice with everything with regards to the physical and the stretching and the work, we kind of like ease into this because like it it can't just be like it, going to twenty minute meditation right away. It's like you saying you want to run a half marathon, you go run out 13K the first day and you're like, man, this sucks. I'm not doing it. Right. So it's kind of like easing everyone into this. And that's why it's repetition is king. Right. Repetition yeah. is king. And to the point where, you know, you don't want to come out of it. Right. When you skip a gym day, it's not that, oh, man, my bicep's going to shrink. It's like that psychologically, I feel like something's missing. So I crave it. I don't feel it physically that I've missed a day at gym. It's psychological, right? So I'm sure you can relate to that, right? With your early morning workouts.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there are days where, you know, frankly, I do sleep and I need (laughs) that sleep. But, but you do, you look and, and it's almost like, yeah, you've missed something and it's slowly become the same with getting a little bit of meditation in here and there is, it feels as though I'm missing something and I'm craving something if I haven't done it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for
0: sure. I, I, I feel the same.
1: And and, and adds up to
0: me, um, this summer, I, I
1: spent a lot of time away and vacationing, which is beautiful. But obviously, you know, you're out of your daily routine, you somehow miss that. And I noticed it. And I noticed it mostly in my uh, short-term memory. Like, you know, you become forgetful. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. Kind of a, you become a bit foggy uh, compared to, uh, and so I'm like, wow. That's, but that was cool too, though. Yep. So I'm grateful for We're that feeling, that. right? I'm grateful for that feeling. It's like skipping legs day a couple of times and you go to the gym and you're like, oh, right? Like, so like, uh, it's, it's the same thing with, uh, with meditation. Like I, I find when I don't do it, I get foggy. But, but that's good because then I know what it is not to do it, right? So kind of being grateful for that as well, right? Like, uh, something I recently read, you know, like people make really meaningful changes in their life for two reasons, either inspiration or desperation, right? I mean, I'm usually out of desperation, right? Like, <laughs> I make meaningful change because something hurts so bad. I'm like, I got to do something, right? Now, once in a while, you know, you come around the guy and you're like, oh, or a girl, you're like, damn, like, you know, like, I want to do that, right? But like, for most people, pain is the best teacher of lessons, right? So, um,
0: it really, and I'm
1: not immune to that, right?
0: Yeah. I don't think any of us really are yeah. either. I think yeah. that, uh, psychologically there's got to be something really to that where we will hold out until we're in pain there's that comfort in what we know and and without being out of our comfort zone and what we know we won't necessarily try and change it yeah and and I think you you try to get to a place where like you look forward to the pain because like that's
1: when real meaningful change is gonna is gonna happen right of course it still sucks when you're in pain right like when a relationship ends or you know when your health declines that still sucks I'm not saying oh yes I'm in pain but then also you know after kind of going through the whole self-pity and grieving <laughs> coming out of it and saying okay like what does this mean what you know what I mean and it's just and, I, and that's what really did for me when we go back to the beginning of this interview is like asking questions instead of just being in self and and, and and shitty feelings like having the ability that one second ability to step back and be like okay why right why and or going to talk to somebody, you know, talking to a mental health expert or friends, loved ones, like, you know, and, and, and asking them, like, well, they're like, well, you've been an asshole for about a week now, you know what I mean? And like, basically, you haven't gone worked out in a week that like, you know, like, I'm yeah. dumbing it down. But you know, the people around you see you, your loved ones see you and they can tell when there's something off. right?
0: And interestingly, sometimes more than you yourself can tell there's something really. Of off. course. So- yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a very strong argument to be made to make sure that you do have some sort of a social support network and people to check in with. And...
1: And that's what connection is all about, right? Like just looking out for each other and stuff like that. And you saw that on the rotation, right? Guys would go take turns going kind of, you know, struggling with something. And then this guy would like help him out. But the next day, it'd be another thing with him, right? As we went to different phases from animals to the environment, to humans, we were helping different types of therapies, you know, music therapy, touch people differently, some, you know, group therapy at the beginning compared to the end, the exercises that we did with Dr. Whalen, you saw different guys stepping up at different times. And that's what connection is. They saw each other, right? And that's just so freaking inspiring. You know what I mean? Like, it it was much, it was much, as much for me as it was for them. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And uh, and that's funny because Dr. Whalen, you know, and in this program, as you know, there's no hiding, and there's no onlookers. So, Doctor Whale and myself, you, the staff, we were all sharing just as much as them, and we made promises and implemented change in our lives just yep. as much as them. There's no client-patient um, relationship. No,
0: yeah, it was it was very different from my normal relationships with patients because yeah, yeah it, I was as much the patient at that point as anybody else was. Yeah, which yeah. was a very interesting it is experience. right to be vulnerable that way and not to have a title and but it also releases you it really yeah yeah some of the least stressful time yeah. period of of my year that i can recall at this point was was there it was yeah you know as much as it was a working yeah. trip it was it was non-stress it was wonderful i got to be open i got to learn about myself and yeah I yeah love having opportunities where you can do that for sure for sure yeah all right so one other thing i wanted to ask you before i let you go is about your morning routine because of everybody i know i think you've locked down a morning routine the best yeah well and and just like i alluded
1: to earlier from the gym routine it's from hanging around people like you right so and or reading something different you know whether it be from marcus aubrey's book you know own the day uh, to the four pillars, uh, you know, um, so it's like, um, it kind of made it my own, right? So it might not work everything for everyone. But uh, so yeah, so basically, I set my alarm, I wake up at 6am. Um, I also I got an alarm clock, um, which is not like the eh, eh type thing it's the the sun one
0: so it kind of lights up gradually sunrise alarm clock i think was yes. life changing for me yeah so the <laughs> sun,
1: yeah it's amazing so like at five forty five, it starts kind of so it kind of feels like especially in a country where it gets dark pretty fast uh uh it's it's really nice to have you it know saves me
0: during the winters yeah
1: but i mean it's fall right now you can see it's getting dark quite early um so um so it's waking up with that but once i'm awake um it's called the five second rule and there's a book a whole book about it but like i really like about it is like so uh, in my head it's almost like a countdown like so it's like five four three two one and i just get up i just go and the idea behind that is that if you sit there you'll talk yourself out of getting up right yeah and uh so it's somewhat about discipline and it's also about like just get up right so if someone wants to go for a run for example if they sit there you know, and this is there's some science behind this that you literally have like five to seven seconds if you want to do something to move physically towards it. So if I say I want to go for a run, and if I just, just sit here, I'm like, ah, you know, it's kind of getting dark out. it's cool. You know what I mean? But if I just go and just start putting on my shoelaces, you know what I mean? And some of your best runs or workouts are the ones you didn't want to go. Yep. Right? And most people can attest to that, right? So yeah, so kind of getting up, giving myself a countdown, right away I'm up, and I kind of jump in, and I jump into a cold shower. Now that started off slowly, you know, doing the sanitary stuff and warm and then going to cold. And now I'm pretty much comfortable in the coldest it gets. Right. Of course the first, right. And that's, but then after that, it's kind of more like a, I don't do the half breathing, Hoffman breathing. I believe it's called, but I think that that does help. Right. Um, But it's a very quick shower because I usually shower at the gym anyways uh, at lunchtime when I go. So it's not so much for, you know, getting there and getting, you know, washing my ears. It's more getting under the water. You know doing a little bit of sanitary stuff and just like getting out of there um i get out of there i brush my teeth you know and that stuff i come out i do approximately five to seven minutes of stretching um and uh, that just just feels good uh you know, you know what i mean yeah. and um and then basically doing uh like five or six burpees and that's more for just movement blood circulation right so the cold shower and the movement and the stretching kind of just like you're like pooh you know what i mean like i'm good you know what i mean uh, and then i sit there and i meditate uh in the morning i meditate twice for the morning one because i am i still got to go to work you know i still wake up I have to wake up and get my daughter ready when she's with me to go to school and whatnot so i meditate anywhere from five to seven minutes in the morning and i'll meditate like 10 to 15 uh, at night time uh, type thing before bed so um i do that meditation and then i drink an, uh, a glass of apple cider vinegar water uh, and some sea salt and lemon juice. And, uh, you know, we can talk about all the benefits that comes from that. The sea salt, of course, electrolytes, the lemon, and, uh, and, uh, and the apple cider vinegar, the benefits of, you know, the lining your stomach and absorbing nutrients, which you educated us on uh, Roto One. Um, and then uh, three times a week, uh, I take a shot of turmeric, lemon juice, and black pepper. That's from you. <laughs> um, so that tastes horrible, but it's like just a shot. And basically that's for inflammation, uh, and, uh, turmeric. Like, I mean, there'll be a whole other podcast about turmeric. Uh, Google it. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's pretty good stuff. Right. Um, and then basically, yeah, I usually three to four times a week. I do intermittent fasting. I don't, uh, eat, uh, until, uh, 12. Uh, and then I, and I eat and I stop eating at 8 PM. So, try to eat in eight hour windows I believe it's called intermittent fasting um for those you know there's a lot of benefits to that I personally find the energy levels in the morning like because my you know because my I'm not bogged down in digestion I'm just like you know what I mean I'm just like wow alert right of course all the movement uh, I do have a cup of coffee so in the mornings I have a cup of black coffee uh and uh, I also have green tea it's great for appetite suppression now, nah, if I'm struggling and I'm starving, like at ten thirty, I'll eat. Like you know what I mean? Like, not a hard and fast. Yeah, thing, exactly, but... right. But I try to do it three to five, three to five times a week, and I find it really good. Uh, my energy level at the gym is the same. Uh, you know what I mean? It's not dropped off because of calories or whatnot. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Um, so. If you're in a different, obviously, training regiment, obviously look into that. If you're like a heavy weightlifter, you might need those calories. In oh, the of course. Of and I mean, eye. this isn't
0: necessarily meant to tell people that they no, don't have no, to no, do no, anything. No, no, no. Exactly right. Just yeah. to give some Something ideas works of... for me.
1: But I find when I'm disciplined to that, um, it's it's just some it's a habit now. So it's not like oh, it's the weekend, so I don't do it. I, I have to do it. You know what I mean? And yeah, if there's like people over my house, I'll speed it up right? Yeah, I'll speed it up, right? The cold yeah. shower always happens. A lot. <laughs> right? I crave it. And now all my showers are cold, right? Well, when You the said gym.
0: you got to a point where you can crave pain almost. That was the first thing I thought of was you jumping into essentially ice cold showers. Yeah. And looking forward to it or craving that. Yeah,
1: I, cra- I crave the feeling right after. It's like when you lift weights, you don't yeah.
0: crave like, you know what I mean? It's the
1: agony. It's like, you got to love the process, right? Like everyone wants six back ab- six pack abs. But if you don't love going to the gym, then you're not going to do it because you're going to give up because you're just not, it's just like, you know, it's not fun. You got to love the process. Right. And that's what I always truly believe in. Whatever I want to do, I got to love the process. You want to be a millionaire? Well, then are you, you know, are you OK with working 14, 15, 16 hours? Right. Yeah. Are you OK with that? You want to be a, a business owner and set your own hours? Well, what come to Brian's world? Right. Like You know what I mean? So it's like everyone wants to do something. You know, there's a saying everyone wants to be in the army until it's time to be in the army. <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's not everyone thinks it's all Afghanistan and painted guns and beers. Meanwhile, it's like, you know, went through warfare, pooping in a bag and like, you know what I mean? It's, you know, not being able to sleep and seeing your apartment lights, like you know, in Padawala, right? So it's, it's, you gotta love the process. And uh, and staying disciplined to it. And you know, there's a lot of stuff on it. And I really believe in this like, discipline is freedom. Right? Discipline is freedom. If you if you if you dedicate, if this becomes your art, if self optimization, want to becoming a better person, Better habits is an it becomes your art becomes you. Then you're like you drive it. You're not doing it for anybody else, right? You just want to be a better person, and then people around you are becoming better person. Oh shit, Brian's got a podcast now. You know he stepped up his game. You know what am I gonna do? That's motivating me. You know what I mean? But I want to be around people like that, right? Because this morning routine, you come do this podcast with me in six months or a year, there's gonna be something different about it. Yeah. Right, and I'm sure I'm gonna, we're gonna come back to this yeah right and I'm gonna try something different right I'm gonna try something different and sometimes it backfires I'm not gonna lie to you right sometimes you feel like ass because like you know you didn't eat meat for a while yeah, you've you got to you experiment do. that way right? yeah and and but that's the whole you know love the process yeah right so that's what it's that's kind of really the driving factor behind it all
0: I love it yeah all right so I'm gonna wrap up here um if you had to, and a couple rapid fire questions at the end, but if you had to choose one thing that you do for yourself out of everything, what do you find is the most important? Um, I'm putting you on the spot here, but... I guess, it, I mean, the sorry, the one
1: thing I left out of my morning routine is my gratitude uh, circle. And again, that's my one thing. That's your one um, thing? Yeah. So I kind of, in the mornings, um, as I drive to work, uh, and my daughter's in the car, I do it out loud with her. It's kind of like... I go through everything I'm grateful for starting with me um so whether you know I start off with like my health you know what I mean uh, and you know my apartment you know my my car like all this shit that I'm you know you can't take that for granted right like all these things that I'm grateful for and then I move to the most next most special thing in my life and that's my daughter thankful for her health her presence her motivated me you know and then I work out to loved ones family this amazing country so I keep rolling that out and that's the thing I do for myself. And my, you know, if I don't want to do that out loud, if other people are in the car, I can do it me and you and a group of people just sitting here. And it just keeps on reminding me, like how grateful I should be. Do you know what I mean? And um, and what does that? What, what that does is kind of shed that sense of entitlement. So when some guy like cuts me off, or some guy's an asshole at work. It still pisses me off. I'm not like Buddha <laughs> here. You know what I mean? It still pisses me off. But then, like, I it kind of helps me remember because I remember I repeat it every day. Like, man, I you know, really like, fuck. Okay, whatever. You know what I mean? It happened. It made me feel uneasy. But then I kind of I'm I'm better going back to down to where I want to be, right? And that's what it gives me the ability to do, right? It, it doesn't make me like not angry at, at all times and big smile on my face. It just gives me the ability not to be pissed off or upset for a long period of time some people like wear that all day they bring that home you know what I mean getting cut off at a road or some guy gives them the finger right whereas I find now it's just like oh man what an asshole you know I mean I might even sell some back to him but then oh man I you have got it. so much to be grateful for yeah right honestly like uh, and and maybe because you know and and that's what bad situations people all want to talk you know and and blame what's bad in their life with someone who wronged them. But it's those assholes that actually should make you grateful for the state you're in right now. Right. So yeah, I think that'd be my one thing is reminding myself how grateful I should be uh, to be in this country and your presence and all of this stuff here.
0: Well, I love it. And I'm very grateful. In fact, that you were willing to sit down with me and be on this podcast. Yeah. Last thing is, I want to give you a little bit of time just to talk about camp aftermath for a moment. Yeah. Just in case there's somebody on this platform listening to this podcast who isn't familiar with it, I think it's an awesome cause. I obviously work with Camp Aftermath and really believe in what it's doing and, and the process behind it. And so I'm going to just give you a minute if you want to, yeah, to a, say where to look you up and where to connect. And. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for that. Uh, so it's uh,
1: www.campaftermath.org. Uh, so check us out so it's basically a program three phases uh, one year long with mental health expert dr Whalen being at the head of it dr karen shu and dr lise preston sorry uh, lise preston's a, a social worker a rock star um but basically there's three phases being screening second phase being a deployment of some sort to costa rica helping the environment animals and uh, humans obviously and of course that is the very uh, minor part because really the long-term goal is to while they're there, we help them enroll in charities back here in Canada, which is phase three, the most important phase, which is one year long. That's following up, practicing, holding each other accountable, uh, meeting each other and doing video teleconferencing if we live far away from each other or physically if we can, and basically implementing the changes that we said we would. So it doesn't become just something you did in Costa Rica or something you did in that one week with me. Uh, It's beyond me or camp aftermath. This is stuff that's already inside you. I'm just trying to bring attention to it. Uh, And so, uh, you know, with the help of our doctors um, on site, doing group therapy, various types of therapy and and, uh, therapeutical activities, kind of really trying to gain that sense of purpose, uh, whether it be volunteerism, uh, but, but really the inception of this whole program is connecting to people, right? It's getting them out of isolation. It's getting them to talk about it. And as soon as the first guy becomes vulnerable, you saw it. It was like dominoes. Yep. Right? And then you become connected. You don't have to have to shield up, right? Like, oh, I was a cook. You don't know, no, like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And uh, moreover, the positive habits, right? So these three phases combined one year being overlooked by mental health experts the whole time, uh, video teleconferencing. It's kind of a unique thing where you're dedicated you know you have to show dedication there's a thorough screening process to make sure you're right fit for this uh and also your family's involved uh and you have skin in the game it's not a free program so you there is a fee you have to pay which you can get sent back from this program if you come there and you don't give it your all right so unfortunately we're made in a way that as soon as we pay fee we take it more seriously yeah uh and so naturally we had a we have a minimal fee for a one-year program with mental health experts and we kind of so we want only people that are serious we don't want people that are just trying to get like a ride out of this or a vacation and you know this is not a vacation (laughs) it's physically emotionally uh, demanding it will tear you down and you will build yourself up no one's going to build you up you build yourself up right based on what's offered to you and you take pick and choose what you want to do you choose and then, um, and then we're just to support you in whatever that choice may be. Yeah, www.campaftermath.org uh, and you can yeah Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Look us up. Love to hear from anyone.
0: Make sure you check Camp Aftermath out. They're an awesome charity. And uh, once again, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. All right, sir.